Welcome to Mixtape Assembly, a podcast created by myself, Hartley Lloyd Pack, in which guests tell stories about music that's been special to them. This Mixtape Assembly is hosted by the actor Paul Barber, who's probably best known for playing Denzel in Only Fools and Horses and Horse in The Full Monty. When people found out that my dad was in Only Fools, they'd often ask me, oh, what's David Jason like? And I always find myself saying, nah, my dad didn't really have much to do with him. Denzel, the guy that plays Denzel, Paul Barber, that's my dad's best mate from the show. In his mixtape assembly, Paul remembers working on Only Fools with my dad and also reflects on the friendship he shared with the late, great Larrington Walker, who he first met when they performed together in the musical Jesus Christ Superstar back in 1972. Going even further back, Paul talks about how much music helped him get through some very tough times as he grew up in the care system in Liverpool and the inspiration he got from conscious music. It turns out Paul could have been a singer himself and was closely involved in the black soul scene coming out of Liverpool in the 1960s. Anyway, Paul, it sounds better in your beautiful Scouse twang. When I was in Liverpool after coming out the care system, uh, me and my mate Ray, Ray, Ray Lake, who ended up being in a band called The, the Real Thing, Ray and I were, um, we'd come out the care system and then um, we was knocking around on the uh, Intoxus, you know, and uh, one day Ray said to me, it, um, he he was um we were going down the road and uh, we were looking up at this balcony with there was a woman and a and a young girl there and ray turned around to me and said um see that girl over there i went yeah 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 he said that's your younger sister oh, wow. you see and i thought like oh i've only got one sister who was in the homes with us and mm know different homes and all that and I thought where's that come from you know Mm. for apparently he knew you know um, basically he introduced me to my second sister who was she was adopted by this family when she was like when I was two years old Mm. so do you mean so I'm totally aware that my mum had another baby after me Uh. do you know what I mean so, um, yeah, and Ray, my mate, you know, who was in the kids' homes with me, uh, as I say, we used to knock around together, and uh, Ray started knocking around with another friend of his um, who was never in the homes, but um, they managed to sort of, like, do all this a cappella, a cappella group singing and stuff. And me and my, my, my foster brother, Ben... And uh, his friend Alvin, we decided we were going to do a cappella as well. Mm. It all started off when we went to this um, working um, building site in uh, Hull, of all places, Immingham. <laughs> and uh, there was loads of Irish, you know, workers and everything else on this site. And we were like red leading. Um, the insides of these big containers like oil containers or gas containers mm-hmm. and um, other night time there was no there was no entertainment 
or anything else, do you know what I mean? And uh, so a lot of the black guys that came from Toxteth who went on this working thing, work, it was like a, a work experience. You can get like 40 quid a day it was, mm -hmm. basically, called Manpower. And um, they started singing these songs, you know, a cappella and all that. And I got up on stage with them and I had to do this... Uh, Ooh, and uh, it, the song turned out to be um, So In Love by The Times. Do you know what I mean? And I thought, wow, that must be the first song I've ever, you know, started to learn. Yeah. And that's probably got me into musicals and stuff like that. Do you know yeah. what I mean? So, um, yeah, The Times was a, um, an American group. Yeah, do up, kind of, uh, yeah, a cappella, do up, yeah. yeah. As we stroll along together. And uh, yeah, so it was really, I loved doing a cappella. And in mm. fact, years later, you know, I was trying to do it with, with Larry, my mate Larry, who, you know, um, another actor friend of mine. Mm. Um, and uh, we tried to sort of kick it off again, you know. But, Come you back. Know, yeah. But it's never too late. <laughs> no, it's never too late. I've always had that sort of thing yeah. in my mind, you know, I'd yeah. love to do that. I do like that old singing, if you know what I mean. The old watching the old black and white footage of these 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 groups, you know, like mm. the platters and stuff, you yeah. know. Only you you know, and uh I just loved all that. Yeah. Especially you know, the the early stuff. I mean I, well, you know, because when because when I was actually in the homes or in foster parents, you know, I'm, I was in trouble all the time. Do you know what I mean? I was I was getting up to all sorts, you know. Um, but every time I knew that I was in for a good hiding, you know, I'd be sort of like, you know, walking back. You know, it's like walking towards like a, a doom. Do you know what I mean? When you get home. Because if the teachers reported you, you know you're going to get it. Like when you get home off your foster parents or whoever they were. And uh, I remember at one time, you know, I'm I'm sort of walking towards this. It, it sort of reminded me of the Richard Pryor, you know, when he, when his mum tells him to go and get a whipping stick, you know, to beat himself up with, you know what I mean? And you think it's like the longest walk home. Mm. Do you know what I mean? You stay behind to sort of like, you know, to, to clean the backboard, miss. You know what I mean? Uh, anything to not go home. Do you know what I mean? It's your longest walk. And for some, for some unknown reason, the sun was always shining. Do you know what I mean? And, um, you, know, you know, when when you're that small, summers last, like, for years, if you know what I mean. Sunny days last a year, you know. And um, there I was, you know, sort of knowing that I was going to get a good hiding when I got back to meet foster parents, you know, for this something I'd done at school or whatever, you know. And there I am singing, whistling to myself, walking back to happiness, you know, by, um, what was her name? Um, oh, God, what? You, yeah, uh, oh, God, she's still going as well. Oh, Helen Shapiro. You know, walking back to happiness, listening to all sorts of those sort of songs. And those, all those songs, you know, like, you know, everything I was listening to, the Beatles, you know, Terry and the Pacemakers, all the Liverpool sound and everything else while I was at school. And uh, all those songs, they seemed to get me through my hard times, if you know what I mean. Not like hard times, but, you know, if I was going to be punished or get the cane or something like that, you know what I mean? There was always these songs which would sort of like 
block it out, block out the hurt or, you know, mm. block out this, block out that, you know what I mean? Just think, just whistle to yourself or, mm. and all these lovely songs of the 60s, really. So, yeah. yeah. Music played a lot, like, in my life, if you know what I mean. Mm. Or it's got me out of bad moods mm. or, you know, or has got me thinking about things. Yeah, and I, I had no idea you were singing as well. You had that background in singing. That's amazing to hear, actually. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, that's what I, I started off in mm. musicals. As mm. I say, my first one was Hair, the musical, you know, mm. with Richard O'Brien and all those. Mm. Flo Benjamin. Mm-hmm. Um, Joan Armour trading. Mm. You know, so when you think, wow. What, what song did you sing? Is there a particular song that you sung in Hair or...? Yeah, I used to. Oh, yeah. Well, there are. There's a story now. So you could use a, you could use a song from her actually. See, now we're making our list of as we go along because yes, when we was at this working place, um, it was called Manpower, right? And they got we went to this place like employment office sort of thing. And uh, they took us all off to Immingham. We all, a big gang of us from Toxteth, we all went, a load of black guys. And we were obviously mixing with all the Irish workers as well and in this big place, in the canteen and everything else. But as I say, there was no entertainment. And uh, I had a record player and I, always, I was always playing music anyway, buying singles and stuff like that. And um, I'd asked my friend who lived a couple of doors away from me in Toxteth, in, in this road, uh, I said, when you come up next week, bring my record player up. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? So he was, because he was going to join us on the work force sort of thing. And uh, he brought the record player up anyway. And I had all my singles, my soul songs and everything else. And, uh, and then this other guy, another black guy came in. He'd gone into town and uh, he bought this album. And it was like bright red and yellow and a big hair sort of thing, you know. And he put this sound on, right? He put this record on. He said, you got to listen to this, you know. And it was a, the song was called Coloured Spade, which like um, Peter Straker sang it originally on the album, you know, and he was the original hood in hair. And, uh, and it's all about, the song goes, I am a coloured spade, a nigger, a black nigger, a jungle bunny, and all that. Mm. Do you know what I mean? Mm. So it's basically a sort of like a, a Serrano Jabergerac. Do you know what I mean? When he says like, oh, you want to call me Long Nose? I'll, t- I'll give you some other names you can call me. Do you know what I mean? Mm. So that's what this song was about mm. in this musical, Hair. You know, it was all about the anti-Vietnam war and all that sort yeah, of business. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So... Um, yeah, and uh, he comes along in, in, in this, and he says, you've got to listen to this. Now, I threw it off, once I, you know, once he started playing it. Mm. I went, hey, I'm not having that on my record player, do you know what I mean? Mm. And I threw it off. I said, I'm not having all that, you know, talking about, you know, nigger this and nigger that and whatever. Mm. Do you know what I mean? But it turned out, as I say, a year later, I'd gone for an audition for this musical, and uh, still not knowing what the part was, but when I did eventually get it, I started to rehearse with everybody. Mm. Do you know what I mean? And that was the song I had to sing. I was beginning to learn about myself, mm. my colour and, you know, my mm. place in life and whatever, mm. if you know what I mean. I thought, oh, okay, so there's there's black guys going around doing Serrano, but, but 
Yeah. The Bergerac CIA. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you know what I mean? Saying like, yeah, you want to call me a nigger? You want to call me a coon? Mm. Hey, how about Fuzzy Wuzzy? How about this? Mm. How about that? You know mm. what I mean? And you think, wow. And that way you own it. Mm. Mm. You know, that's the yeah. word they use today, isn't it? You own it. Yeah. You know what I mean? So, yeah. Yeah. That's, yeah. Oh, it's fascinating. I guess, think about what you were saying about when you're in the care homes, not always being having a community of, I don't know, other black people around you and having... Yeah, I guess, mu- I guess music was helpful in, in terms of listening to black music and like, yeah, exactly, say, like, yeah. Because when I was in the care system, <laughs> I was brought up on the Beatles, Cherry <laughs> and the Pacemakers, and <laughs> all that sort of business. And the <laughs> very first time we were sitting down, cross-legged in front of the telly, me and my mate Ray Lake, <laughs> and uh, we saw this band on a. There was a program called Thank You Lucky Stars, and um, this band came on, black four five black guys. And they, start, they broke out into this number, you know, um, baby, I don't care, you know. And uh, it just blew us away. But, unbeen- you know, years later, that band, they were known as the Chants. Do you know what I mean? And um, Eddie Amu was one of, the le- one of the singers in the Chants, right? So that's as we were growing up in the care system. Now, when Ray and I came out of the care system, the chance was sort of like, you know, not dwindling, but, you know, sort of like, you know, new music was coming onto the scene and everything else. And Eddie, out of the chance, his younger brother, Chris, was starting to get his own group together. And that's where my mate Ray joined Chris. And that they eventually became the real thing. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So there's a history there of yeah. like the both of us in children's homes seeing this black group on the telly mm. open wide and like, wow, mm. you know, you don't see many black yeah. Yeah, back yeah, in yeah. back then, you know, yeah, to yeah. see a black singer on. on, yeah, on, 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 on a, yeah, you know, it was all, you know, um, Frank Ifield, you know, I remember you, you know, and all this. Yeah. <laughs> so was, um, yeah. And you thought, wow, you know, but like to see it, this black group and funny enough that group like the chance they were like the beatles were backing them in the cavern i've just done a documentary on um the the real thing only because like um i had as i say my friend ray uh years later you know he you know he 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 died you know uh, he he uh chasing the dragon and you know you know and um but like, and I was always in touch with them when I was, you know, I was obviously in hair and superstar and stuff like that, you know. And I was always tripping back up to Liverpool and everything yeah, and catching yeah. up with with Ray and everybody. Mm. And uh, the rest of the band would say, oh, we're worried about Ray, you know, we're worried about Ray. Why does he, he behave, why does he behave like that, you know what I mean, he, you know. And I will, I've always put it down to like, you know, the way we were brought up in the care system, you know, mm. some of them got fairly treated well, some of them didn't, mm. do you know what I mean? And I could sort of explain it all to them, you know, why he was sort of, he was like the rebellious one, if you know what I yeah, mean, out yeah, of yeah. The, yeah, yeah, yeah. the thing, so. What, did they have, what was their kind of number one hit? Did they have one tune? Oh, they had, yeah, they, Can You Feel The Force? Um yeah. And um, you to me are everything, the sweetest song that I can sing. Yeah, they had, you know, in the 70s, they had some big hits. It's like friends you've lost along the way, if you know what I mean, who you were growing up with. 
And the music sort of like whatever it is, it doesn't have to be soul music or whatever. It's whatever that gets you at your time, your your emotions and you know, all, all that. You know, mm. it's like your um, your lovely CD that, that you did. You know, mm. we, you know, I I I just I just love that one. Yeah, There's some oh, great tunes on it. You know. No, no, no. Thank you. And they're just full of emotion, like you know, mm. and you, and you put your own things to it, if you know what I mean. Exactly. That's what I, that's what I've done with all mine, if you know what I mean. Yeah, the songs yeah. that have pulled me through mm. over the years, you know, going for interviews for jobs and yeah, not yeah, getting them yeah, and all yeah. that. And well, you know, yeah. one point I start, you know, one point I um, I got so depressed, like of going for all these all interviews for jobs and stuff like that. This is like this is before uh, fools and stuff, you know. Mm. Uh, but I was getting really depressed and uh, uh, one day I said, right, that's it. I'm going to sort this out, you know. And I went to the makeup shop <laughs> and I got this like white pan stick sort of makeup, you know, and I thought, oh, I'll do that, you know. And it was it was quite sad, really, because I thought, oh, what's going on? Because my girlfriend came in the door and as soon as she saw me, she just fucking burst out crying, man. You know what I mean? And I thought, oh, man, no. what are you doing, Paul? You just fucking wait. It'll come. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, well, it was all that. You know what I mean? When I first started, as I say, started, uh, came out of the musical, you know, um, hair, and, hair and that, I thought, oh, I'll get a job in as a stage manager in Derby, you know, and I, and I was messing around there. And then they rang me up and said, do you want to come into the West End Hair, mm. you know, at Shaftesbury Avenue? Mm. And it was from there that I auditioned for Superstar. Then I met a whole new, another new group of friends, you know, in mm. Superstar and all that. Mm. I met my mate Larry then, mm. you know. So, um, yeah, but I mean, I was like, um, before, before that, um, I, I, as I say, I, I, it was almost like blacking up, wasn't it, really? But whiting up to get a part. Mm. And I thought, oh, God, this is sad, Bob. I get a grip, you know. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> but that was the sort of, you know, I have got, yeah. yeah. All those, you know, I was learning, yeah. And the, the, the music was changing as well, you know, when I first joined show business and all that, I was... Richard O'Brien was introducing me to rock and roll, for Christ's sake, which I'd been brought up on in the 50s anyway, yeah, yeah. on the radio, you know. Mm. So I knew, but Richard was like, you know, reviving it all again. Mm. You know, got us all singing rock and roll songs and stuff like that, you know. And then, you know, as I say, you're talking 1970, and then you get like Curtis Mayfield, Move On Up. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. I bought that album in Manchester. You know, I was on tour. I was buying records when I was on tour mm. and albums and starting to... My collection was getting bigger by the end of the tour. You know, I've got a serious vinyl collection at home. It's not, mm. it's not as big as some people's, but, you know... Curtis Mayfield, his voice is so special, isn't Curtis it? Curtis Mayfield, yeah. Superfly and uh, Curtis's first album. Mm. 
you know, with Move On Up and all that, uh, Miss Black America and all that. That's I love it. All those mm. tunes. And Marvin Gaye, you know, you've got to have you've got to have Marvin Gaye. Um, I remember being at, in Superstar, but I'd driven up to Liverpool. You know, um, back in the day, me and Larry, um, we we we'd leave the we could leave the car outside of the State Door at the Palace Theatre. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And you think, wow, this is like 1970, 72. Do you know what I mean? And like we just jump in the car like after the after the second show on a Saturday night, mm. and like you know London Liverpool two and a half hours mate in a jag. You know what I mean? <laughs> Black guys always had jags. You know Larry could drive like you know, yeah, and yeah, uh, we'd be in a nightclub in Liverpool. You know, and uh, I was I remember going there. You know, in in Liverpool and and uh, and. Uh, listening to this because a lot of, lot of the clubs that I went to like you know good black soul clubs and stuff like that but they played the whole album okay. and it was the first time I'd heard like you know Marvin Gaye's What's Going On you know and ended up crashing out in the club you know and waking up at home in my bed in Liverpool and it was my my sister's my sister's boyfriend at Taking me home, you know, and, and you know what I mean? I found myself back home. Oh, oh, so that, there was good things going on, if you know what I mean. But like Marvin Gaye, I thought, wow. Uh, songs that conjure up summertime and all that would, would be, for me, Heat Wave. You know, Martha Reeves and the Vandellas, you know what I mean? It was always hot and sunny and like knocking around Liverpool, late Toxters and all this, mm. you know, this was well before the riots and all that, and it was nice, you know, mm. everybody you spoke to, it was a nice community and everything else, you know. Mm. I remember coming home one day, I'd been to NEMS, the music shop, mm. Brian Epstein, you know, um, he was like the manager of uh, the, Ep the, the EMI shops yeah. in, uh, in, in Liverpool, and uh, I remember going down there because I'd heard this record by the Four Tops, Reach Out, I'll Be There. Do you know what I mean? So I ran down to the to the record shop and I bought me record, you know, and I was walking all the way back to Tuxlet again. And uh, there was another guy who used to be in our school and his dad was like, you know, his dad owned a hotel. Do you know what I mean? And this kid in our school, you know, his dad used to provide the lemonade and the pop and everything else at the end of term, you know, for the whole class. Mm. Do you know what I mean? And uh, so he was obviously well off, this kid, you know. Uh, and uh, I'm walking back with my record, you know, ready to play it on my me, me record player. And he stopped, he confronts me, you know, he says, what have you got there? I said, oh, I've just got the new Four Tops, man. Mm. He said, I'll have it off you now. And all that. I said, oh man, I've just been to, oh. to fucking Nems all the way to get this, you know. Like, he said, I'll give you double the money for it. Oh, really? He was just a lazy bastard, <laughs> basically, you know what I mean? And he gave me about 10 bob for it, <laughs> for a two and six record, you know. <laughs> so I went, okay, you know, so I had to plod all the way back to, because he was just too lazy yeah, to go yeah, to the yeah, shop yeah, and yeah. get it himself. <laughs> Oh, you know, no, he wasn't gonna. No, 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 no. We were great, mate. You know, but uh, yeah, yeah. No, it's just that's the sort of thing. You know, the life it was in Liverpool. It was a nice time. You know, were you around then for the for the rights as well? Were you still living in Liverpool when 
when the Toxteth riots happened? No, I was on tour in Hare. No, I was on tour doing uh, Jimmy Riddle, um, which was a, mon- a one-man play um, called Jimmy Riddle, which was all about a, a union guy uh, based on Derek Robinson, uh, the the Leyland. Uh, he was a he was a, a union leader, and they called him Red Robbo. You know, like they call him Red Ken, oh, yeah, yeah, Red yeah. Ken Livingston. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And this guy was the first one to be called Red Robbo. You know, mm-hmm. he was a union guy and mm-hmm. fighting for his union in Liverpool, you know, the, mm-hmm. the motor trade. and st- um, I think it was Leyland he was in Liverpool. And, uh, yeah, he, he ended up sort of like alone and his wife had left him and all that. You know, mm-hmm. basically it's what, what the system had done to him, you know, and... Mm-hmm. And the media had done to him, you know, they'd ruined him, you know, mm. called him red this, red that and all that. And he was only fighting for his his workers and mm. stuff, you know. But mm. and that's where you get the beginning of the, you know, the union bashings and all that, you know. And mm. then Maggie Thatcher came in in the mm. late 70s and stuff. And, you know, that was it. Mm. You thought, oh, well, that's where it's going. But, you know, you didn't think of it at that time. You're only a teenager mm. and or, mm. you know... D- doing those early sort of like socialist type plays which have got mm. something to say you know yeah, yeah, yeah. and uh, yes and so I was on tour in that in Birmingham mm. and I was watching it on the television in me digs the right. riots yeah. in Liverpool yeah. yeah and that famous um, cinema there you know um, which got burnt down and uh, I used to go there when I was a kid to see all the matinees you know all the the cowboy yeah, films yeah, and yeah. stuff like that. Yeah. And that was a real landmark in Liverpool 8, Toxas, you know. Yeah. But, you know, the politics of it all, the reason it got burned down was because, you know, it it, it, it sort of ceased to be a, a cinema, yeah. you know, and um, some furniture guy got hold of it, you know, turned it into a furniture place called Swain Banks, you know, and all yeah. this. And then he was like, you know, not employing black kids who were in the area and stuff, you know, so they thought, well, so do you, mate, you're going, you know. And plus, you know, they decided to, um, oh, what did they do? They decided to uh, a drive through NatWest, you know, bank, right right next to the, to the old cinema as well, you know. So, and that was totally useless in the middle of Toxteth. <laughs> Nobody had bank accounts, if you know what I mean, and whatever so you know that went (laughs) you know but um yeah so growing up in liverpool was like you know it was nice i so long as i didn't lose me i I felt i'd lost a bit a lot of childhood you know having to grow up fast in certain situations you know a few situations there and not realising until years later, and think, oh, that was what was going on, or that, you know, and you think, oh, okay. Now I started to start think about my, what was going on then, and I wanted to put it in, you know, from, you know, living at home with my mum in Toxteth, you know, and then her getting ill and everything else, and then, and even then, when, you know, at the age, before I was seven, I was listening to music on the radio. Mm. Do you know what I mean? I was, you know, it was like Bill Haley and the, you know, Rock Around the Clock and all that. Mm. 
and there was all sorts of music coming out of this radio. Mm. I remember climbing up on the sideboard, you know, and looking behind the radio to see where all these voices, mm. people lived. Mm. Do you know what I mean? That was my... Mm. I was thrown into this world of something there, you know, and the voices and everything else. Mm. And so, yeah, that's what sort of brought me through, really. Have, have you got memories of, of your mum liking any music or any songs? Yeah, yeah, but it, it's fading, you mm. know. Um, I still have this, you know, as you say, the one image in your head, but as you say, it's fading because mm. I've got no pictures of my mum mm. or anything. And, like, you know, um, I wish I did. Mm. I wish I did, you know, some friends say oh you should go on who do you think you are the BBC will do all the work for you you know what I mean I said no I don't know you know but you know um, oops I wonder if there's any, any songs that kind of yeah that she that, that would remind you of her were you too young to kind of have that yeah image? that's what I'm saying in mm. the 50s mm. what well you know it was like um, oh god it was there was Mantovani <laughs> Would you believe Mantovani? Um, yeah, there were songs I heard on the radio. Uh, what was it? Rosemary. I think I do that in the first chat. You know, songs I was listening to would be like Rosemary. Oh, Rosemary, I love you. And it's like, it's the Mountie, you know, the Canadian Mountie who sings it, you know. Oh, Rosemary. Sammy Davis Jr. Did I tell you that one? No. Right. Uh, well, when I was... Uh, when I was leaving the care system and the guy, you know, Mr. Coleshaw, who said, here's your papers to sign and everything else. Was that for, to sign for? To, to go into the Merchant Navy. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, it was that choice he gave me. Mm-hmm. He said, before you sign, do, you know, um, t- let me just remind you, you've been brought up in the care system, Paul. You've done this, you've done that. You know, you've been told to shut up. You've been told, you know... You've been institution. You've been in an institution since the age of seven, basically. Mm-hmm. You know, and and that, you're eighteen now. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? If you sign this paper and go in the merchant navy, you're going to be in another institution. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? And you know, it's like there's only so many portals there, and you're you're miles at sea and everything else. Mm-hmm. Plus, no girls. What? Oh. Fuck that. No, Jesus, no. You take the pen, bro. You can have that. I'm going to take my chances on land. Mm. Do you know what I mean? Mm. And it, he was, you know, it was the first time I thought, actually, this is a guy that's looking out for me. Mm. Do you know what I mean? Because, like, there was loads of kids coming out of the curse system that were going straight into crime. Mm. They didn't know what to do. That's, that's what happened to me. Mm. Didn't know what to do. Mm. As soon as I was only out five minutes and I was in Nick. You know, uh, with my brother Ben okay. uh, for two weeks mm. and all that. That's, you know, um, but you know when he when he gave me that choice and I said no mm. and all that. At that time, he said to me, he gave me this record, mm. and it was by Sammy Davis Jr. Mm. And uh, he didn't tell me much about it. He just said, "Yeah, I thought you should you should listen to this," and it was called. Um, don't blame it on the children. Mm. And it's a bit like an... It's it's almost like an early rap uh-huh. song because it's half-spoken, if you know what I mean. Mm. 
You know, we read in the papers and we hear on the air about killing and stealing and crime everywhere. And, you know, very early, like, you know, um, oh, Gil Scott Heronish, you know, uh, poets and stuff. And this was like, this song, it was all about don't blame the children. You know, basically the parents might be to blame for this, for what's going on now. And, it, and I just thought, oh, wow, you know what? That is so relevant to what's going on today, you know, with knife crime and all that. And and, and I'm, you're on WhatsApp and all that. And I get all these, you know, lots of friends and especially black dudes sending me, um, you know, conscious type sort of short videos and stuff like that. You know what I mean? And black guy interviewing another black guy saying, you know, where, you know, what do we do with our kids and all that? And this other guy saying like, well, you know. I'm their father and all that. So, business, I, you know, I give them this. I target them. You know, I target the young kids at school and all that. And, mm. you know, and you think, oh, fuck, this is not good. You know what I mean? But it's the truth. And the, the parents do know what the kids are up to. The parents do know that the kids are carrying a knife mm. and all that. Yeah, it might, it might not be for the right reasons. Mm. or You know what I mean? But, mm. you know, he, he, even to the point of, like, my friend Ray, he stabbed me. You know, but that we were just fucking about mm, mm, in Liverpool, mm, and it wasn't with a knife; mm, it was with a nail file. He was just daring. Mm, Do you know what I mean? We were just fucking about in the street, and he went, "Yeah, yeah, yeah, oh, yeah go on, I dare you." And he went, "Yeah," and he got me in the side. I still got me scar, you know, like that. So, and that. but we were mates, and that was it. Do you know what I mean? It's all that, and. Uh, it's over and, you know what I mean? But the kids today, you know, and I'm, I, I really do, you know, as I say, you know, I know where I am now, you know, and I'm getting asked to do a lot of interviews, you know, you know, to do with, like, kids in care and stuff like that. And um, I'm up for that, you know what I mean? Because my brother went into... When we both came out of prison, you know... Um, I went into here, I went in, I got a job. I thought, fuck this, you know, I'm not having this. You know, this is a, this is even the worst institution that I've come from. Mm-hmm. You know, two weeks in Risley was enough to say, you know, well, no, I don't like this place. Mm-hmm. Thank you very much, Gov, you know, mm-hmm. I'll be off. And I got a job, you know, over the Christmas period and everything else. Mm-hmm. And um, when I came um, over the Christmas period... I got the job. Oh, God, where am I going with this? Um, Yeah, basically, I came out and got a job, basically. Mm. And uh, it was while I was waiting to be kept on that um, my brother's friend came along and said, oh, they're holding auditions over at the Empire, you know what I mean? And I said, what? What What the fuck's an audition? He said, oh, you've got to go and sing a song and all this sort of business, you know. I said, oh, okay, you know. So we went along to the stage door, you know, and um, they were just coming out. Frank Mackay, uh, Jimmy Verda, and, um, oh, what was his name? Oh, God. It's in the book. And uh, they said, oh, we're just leaving, guys, you know, because um, two of us just standing at the door, you know, at the stage door. He said, oh, is it finished? And they said, yeah, yeah, we're off to Manchester now. And um, I said, oh, okay. But then one of them turned around and said, Jimmy Werner. 
Jimmy Werner, Frank Mackay and Dave Tagori, the director, mm. choreo. And uh, he, he said, uh, is the pianist still here? Mm. He said, yes, he is. So he said, okay, you guys, come in. So my mate did his audition, you know, sang, and I was just watching him from the side of the stage, you know. And then the director said to me, do you want to have a go? What have I got to do? He said, sing yesterday. I said, okay, yeah. So when we were right, when I was rehearsing with me a cappella group, him and and his, my brother, I was always going for the high notes, you know, do up and all, you know what I mean? But I thought, this is not going to happen on this one for yesterday. My voice just went like, yesterday, all my troubles seem so far away. And f- luckily, it was in tune. And, so, and he went like, oh, can you come back to Manchester tomorrow, you know? And we went, yeah, okay, you know, so I'm thinking it's the both of us, you know what I mean? Um, so um, I go round to my sister's, you know, open an electric box, meter box, mm-hmm grab all the five pence pieces out of there, you know, jump the train the next morning, go over there. And when we got there, the Palace Theatre from the stage door, there was a queue from stage door all halfway up Oxford Road. And we thought, oh, no, man, the guy's taking a piss, you know. So we joined the queue at the end, you know what I mean? And we was only there for about three minutes, you know, and... um, and then suddenly it was like Paddy Barber, Paddy Barber, you know, what, it was coming up close, you know, closer to me, mm. Paddy Barber, you know, and it got to the guys in front of us, like, and they went, Paddy Barber, and I went, well, I said, I'm fucking Paddy Barber. <laughs> they said, are you Paddy Barber? I said, yes, I'm fucking Paddy Barber. <laughs> he said, oh, you want it down the front, mate, you know what I mean? I said, oh, all right, you know, so I come out the queue, went down to the front, and Tagore was waiting there at stage door, said, oh, Paddy, congrats, you can make it, come on in. Uh-huh. Yeah, so I did my second audition for it, and uh, that was it. Well, was that yesterday again? Second audition? Was it? Did you? Was it a different song? Yeah, I sang yesterday again. Yeah, yeah, you yeah, know, yeah. and that mm. was it. Yeah, mm. and did a bit of moves. Mm. You know what I'd be doing from the discos and all that. You know, mm. and I like a bit of jazz and a bit of blues. Mm. You know, but nothing's like stuck out that makes me want to rush to it and say, I'm going to play this in the car on the way to Leeds or Newcastle or whatever. I've got to have like, you know, something that's going to not, you know, sometimes, you know, because you, you see these kids in the cars now with the massive speakers in the back and I'm thinking, how the hell do you, you know, I want to listen to my music, you know, I want to listen to the lyrics, you know. Um, I know they're all about the impression of just, the loud bass and the yeah yeah <laughs> yeah you know mm. but with plenty of bass in your speakers you know mm. I do like that mm. and I like to cruise you know like not you know just to cruise mm. you know which was what we used to do a lot in the seventies my mate Larry go round to the clubs you know mm. just it was just called cruising. And, and you just cruise and you just show off your banger or whatever it is, you know what I mean? With your big wheels and yeah. like the Americans do now, the black dudes with the twitch, you know, and all that sort of business, you know. But uh, when I first, um, as I say, with Superstar and all that, with my mate Larry, he, um, you know, he'd take me to all the uh, the clubs, you know, the Columbos and all that and the blues and all that. And I'd go to the blues parties and stuff like that with, you know, because I'm, I was, you know, straight from Liverpool, me, you know, mm. only been in London about two years, mm. a year. Mm. I come straight from here on, off tour, mm. you know, 
So I was out of London and all that. Mm. So I didn't know London life or anything, but Larry did. And no, uh, he so he was introducing me to all his his actor friends as well. The, you know the young black theatre cooperative guys. You know your Robbie G's, mm-hmm. um, your Chris Tummings. As mm-hmm. um, you know, he introduced me to people like that. You know, and the bands as well. You know, Aswad. Yeah, yeah. You know, he had friends in Aswad, mm-hmm. and uh, you know, uh, 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 Barry Ford and all that. Dennis Bovell, he knew all those guys, do you know what I mean? And so I was going to lots of, you know, blues parties mm-hmm. and stuff like that. And I'd try and join in the conversation with the patois, mm-hmm. do you know what I mean? Yeah, man, I like the man, I didn't, do you know what I mean? And then, and Larry would just look at me and go like, Paul, don't. <laughs> I love you because of you, you are, mate. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I love your Scouse accent, mate. Mm-hmm. And you're not impressing me or all these friends of mine here. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? So don't. Mm. Just be yourself. You know what I mean? Mm. I've got your back. Don't worry. Mm. There, I'm just thinking, is there any tunes that, thinking of those blues parties, any tunes that stand out from going to those? Oh, there was all your, your well, oh, actually, there's one I've got, um, Barrington Levy. Mm. Um, the Vibes is Right. Now, because when I used to go to the dance, you know, the Acton Club, mm. Acton Town Hall, oh, yeah. I used to go with my mate a lot, you know, and the, the sound systems there mm. and everything else. And that was the vibe at the time, you know, the vibes is nice, you know what I mean? Mm. No fuss, no fight, you know, mm. and all that. And uh, that, that really stuck in my mind, you know? Mm. Like when you go to the dance, don't make no fuss, no fight, you know what I mean? And I thought, that is a nice tune as well. I'd like to, you know, because I, I wanted to sort of say, yes, I do like me reggae as well, you know what I mean? But, and even reggae songs, as I say to, you know, when I got to know Larry, when we were living together, actually, we weren't like, you know, um, thingy, it was just that like, we were just great mates. Yeah. We, we went the Berlin Wall together. You know, we drove to the Berlin Wall, man. Yeah, yeah man, and filmed ourselves, you know, um, about a, a week before the wall came down. Yeah, Larry said to me one day, he said, oh, um, I want to go and see my sister in in Antwerp. And I went, where the fuck's that, you know? He said, oh, it's... There. So I looked at her on the map, I said, well, why don't we go to Berlin then? You know, and see the wall as well. Do you know what I mean? So we had two days out there, you know what I mean? And went over Checkpoint Charlie and everything else. And that was that was a great time as well. Mm. And my mate Larry, as I say, he, he, was, he was my best friend in show business, mm. you know. Um, and um, he he died. Mm. He, he I did an episode of... Uh, well, he, he was doing an episode of Death in Paradise. Mm. You know what I mean? And he was halfway through filming it. And then on his day off, he went swimming in the sea and drowned. And that was just like last year. You know, so like, and he, he was my best friend. He was the one who taught me about, you know, all the new music I was learning, you know, your Bobby Womax, you know what I mean? Willie Hutch and all that, you know. He was, I was learning all this, you know. One time we were in the... Um, I was at home and, and uh, Larry was out and I went into the fridge and I pulled out this banana 
Do you know what I mean? And I sort of peeled it, man, and sort of took a bite, and it was all dry and like, bleh, it was horrible. Do you know what I mean? So like when Larry got home, I said, hey, man, I mean, I said, you need to sort out your bananas, man, you know? It's like, not fucking ripe. And he just looked at me, but Paul, my friend, it's planting. <laughs> it's planting. And he just laughed. You know what I mean? I've got your back. It's planting. It's not a banana. You have to fry it. <laughs> you know what I mean? And oh, and there was another one that I wanted to put on my list as well, which was old friends. Simon and Garfunkel. And I've always imagined, you know, I've always imagined me with an old friend, even even if if, if your dad was still alive, I've I've sort I sort of picture me and him just sitting on a bench in our seventies talking about old times, you know what I mean? Old friends sat on their park bench like bookends. The newspaper blown through the grass falls on the round toes of the high shoes of the old friends. You know what I mean? And I've always, and I always had that vision of like, just when I get a little bit older, you know, just sitting there with me mate Larry. You make your friends as you go along, don't you? And all that, you know, and real good friends and stuff. And you thought, oh, okay, there's people you want to work with again, if you know what I mean. And, and that, that didn't really happen until, I was to say, the first time I met Roger was like uh, on Fools. But I thought it, I kept saying to him, when you in that video, um, there was a video out at the time, um, What's his name? The, the the not the communards. Um, um, lonely um, thingy. To, uh, yeah, there was a not the the lead the lead singer, the boy with the short hair. Uh -huh. uh, is it the communards? I don't know. I don't know. Oh, and, uh, run away, run away, run away, um, and it was all about a kid coming out, if you know what I mean, okay, yeah, yeah, and all yeah, that. Yeah. And uh, there was another actor in it as well who oh, looked really? the spitting image of Roger. Oh, really? So every time for like, our first episode, you know, and I was like, oh, are you sure it's not you? And Roger's going, no, it's not me, you know, sort of thing, you know. So, um, yeah. Yes, you, did, you, did you ever sing with, with my dad? Because I know he liked to sing as well. Did you ever? No, I don't. I, I, did we? It's a missed opportunity, actually. We should have got you round, around the piano. I don't know whether Roger mm. was in the car with us, um, with me and Boise, me and John. Mm. I think Roger was in the car with us as well. <laughs> we kept going round the roundabout, <laughs> singing um, round, round, get around, I get around. We were doing a Beach Boys number. Yeah. I remember that. You know, working with your dad. It's just like... I just look forward to it, you know. I mean, I know Fools and Horses for me was like, you know, I thought the first time somebody shouted Denzel in the street after that, you know, the the, butter, uh, the budgie episode, mm -hmm. decorating the house and all that, um, and, and somebody shouted Denzel in the street about two, a day after it had gone out, you know, mm -hmm. and I'm on the high street somewhere and somebody shouted Denzel and I thought... Oh, that's funny. I've just played a character called Denzel and I never took the notice. I just carried on walking. 
And then, um, and then about uh, a couple of days later, I'm out again on the high street somewhere else, you know, and, and somebody shouted Denzel again. Now I was getting curious now. Mm. I thought, I ain't got a minute, you know. Okay, Denzel, like, you know, because I, I thought John had made the name up. Do you know what I mean? Because, really, you know, there was no Denzels in Toxters when I was growing up. You know, there was no Denzels. And then, you know, I just thought it was a made up name. So I thought, oh, I'm curious now. I need to know who this, what this other Denzel looks like. So I turned around to see. And there was all these workmen with hard hats on, like going like, hey, you. And I went, what me? And they went, yeah, you, Denzel, nice one. You know what I mean? And I think that's, that's just like two days after the episode's oh. gone out. And straight away I thought, shit, we're going to have to live with this, mm. you know, if it mm. carries on. Mm. Is, is there is actually is there a song you'd kind of associate with Denzel at all? Kind of he had, he had a kind of that episode where he's carrying his his kind of stereo. He's kind of he's got his um. I forgot what was on it. Yeah, no, was I don't even know what was on it. No, I think they just played anything, didn't yeah. they? <laughs> you know. They just wanted that chopping sound, didn't they? Mm. Anything that a black actor was in or whatever, you know, they just put this chinking sound on, you know, as if it was like, oh, that's reggae, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know. <laughs> Me, I'd put Maca Spliff on or something like that by Steel Pulse, you know what I mean, or whatever. Mm. Or, you know, mm. oh, your mates are going at such an early age. Mm. Do you know what I mean? Larry, Rog. I know, that doesn't, doesn't feel right, does it? it doesn't, yeah, no. yeah. I know, it's... Um, it's unfair. It is, it is. It's it unfair, is. man. Mm-hmm. And I've always, you know, with the, I, I still keep up me, me, um, the, the cancer campaign with the people, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I still wear my Dave T-shirt as well. I've got mm-hmm. a couple of them, yeah. you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And it was nice to know that your, your uncle was Dave... Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Do you know what yeah, I mean? I yeah, thought, yeah, you yeah. never, you never mentioned yeah, yeah. that. Yeah. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? That's funny, yeah. Because I always used to freak, you know, Rog used to freak me out, man, all the time. <laughs> you know, we'd be sitting next to each other at the signings, you know, at the conventions, man. And, and somebody would come along with something like a Hammer House of Horror video. Oh, yeah. And i go, what the... F- you never told me you did that, you know what I mean? You never told me you did that. You never, you know, and, uh, and he... He was never, I did this, I did that, you know. Mm. And all the times I've seen Fiddler on the Roof, mm. it was only about 10 years ago, I sort of went, it's fucking Roger. <laughs> Fiddler on the Roof, mm. you know, and I'm thinking, man, he, he doesn't say much, does he? Mm. You know, but that's what I loved about Roger. Mm. I mean, you know, I have to say, we got whacked on the way over to fucking to scatter Uncle Albert's ashes, that, that episode. Oh, really? When we went on the boat, yeah, on the ferry. <laughs> you know, and we sat on the front, you know, because it was like... Yeah, and we were like... Mm. Yeah, that'll do, you know. And so it's, it's, it's great. Oh, yeah, yeah. You know, and, 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 and so people do say, you know, what are the funniest scenes that you do? Because they always... Exp- you know, those those ones, those fools ones, you know, when the first time I started to do them, I thought, hang on a minute, these questions are loaded, mm-hmm. you know, and, and funny enough, I wasn't in those episodes. Mm-hmm. 
Do you know what I mean? Mm. Oh, what do you think about the chandelier? Oh, yeah, yeah, it's really good. Mm. Uh, what do you think about informs really about? Yeah, yeah, it's really good. Mm. But then I have to sort of point out that the funniest thing about that falling through the bar is not falling through the bar, it's Roger. Mm. You just think, where did he go, you know? And that's typical. And I thought, that is the funniest scene. You know, it wasn't him going through the bar, it was Roger's reaction, which is t- totally fucking non plus. <laughs> and uh, yeah. You know, I just loved working with Roger mm-hmm. and being in a scene with him, you know. Yeah. And the, the scene in the truck where we're waiting for, you know, the, to get the beer in the stall there. And all. That was a great scene to do with him, mm-hmm. you know. And, and I just loved being in scenes with him, mm-hmm. you know, and the chopsticks. Yeah, and I don't know how fond he was of you as well. You were definitely his, his best mate from Only Fools, for sure. Well, you know, I, I always... I don't know whether Roger thought, but I always thought me and Roger were the bad boys of, like, fucking, you know, we were the naughty boys. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I quite like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. And, uh, yeah, I, oh, you know, I'm missing... Yeah, yeah. But yeah, you know, as I say, to, to good friends, good mm. friends and mates. Mm. You know, I remember, I remember Roger's 60th when I got me. I've still got it. Still got me card. Yeah. It's Dennis the Menace. Is it Dennis the Menace yeah. or? It's not, right. it's not Dennis the Menace. It's um, it's a card. Oh, it's it's a comic. Yeah. But it's a cartoon, yeah, it's a, it's a comic character. Mm. Oh, no, Roger the Dodger. Roger the Dodger, that's it, yeah. It's, it's got, I've got me Roger the Dodger postcard, you know, with his, the invitation. Mm. And it was like, wow, you know, I feel so proud of that, you know. Mm. I really do. And I went to, the, you know, to, to do the plaque as well, mm. you know. Yeah, I, rem- I remember actually... The times I've been down the... Lady Gate, right? Yeah, I, me- I remember chatting to you at my dad's 60th in the garden when we had we were, we were chatting oh, away. Right. Um, I think you were telling me and my mate some stories. Maybe it might have been about going to Amsterdam. Maybe maybe it was that same boat trip. Oh know? right, yeah. Or something about probably. smoking. Um, <laughs> probably yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But yeah. I remember my mates were all kind of in awe. They were chuffed to kind of be having a conversation <laughs> with you. It was yeah, yeah. <laughs> I got fond memory of that evening. Actually. Yeah. Oh yeah. Well, we did. You know what I mean? Mm. And I I just thought. Roger was the most talented. And what came across, you know, with um, the other guy is mm. he's, he's a bitter man, mm. you know. Mm. I mean, I've had, um, I've worked with, let's put it this way, I've worked with smaller actors than him mm. in size, mm. like Hoskins, mm. do you know what I mean? And like I was chauffeuring a woman round when I was working at my local garage mm. in my spare time. I'd just go and make the tea and everything for the mechanics and everything. Mm. It was right opposite Carlo Manzi's, the costumers mm-hmm. in West Hampstead there. Mm. And uh, so you get lots of actors going in and out, getting fitted and stuff, and I could see them from, like, you know. And 
Yeah, and I was on the, my mechanic said to me, oh, you've got a job to do. You've got to go and pick up this lady judge, mm. you know what I mean, and take her to the bank and all that in, in uh, Hampstead and all that. I said, okay, right, you know. So I drove her to the thing. She got into the Barclays bank and everything else, and I'm standing outside the car, you know, and I hear, oi, Barbara, you, you're not fucking talking to me. And it was Bob Hoskins. Do you know what I mean? And he'd just done like, you know, Who Framed Roger Rabbit and all that. He's he's, he's out there now, you know. But um, the last time I'd seen Bob was like, you know, Long Good Friday. You know, but and, and now he's like, you know, he's out there. He's in stratosphere, but he shouts at me in the middle of Hampstead. You fucking ignoring me? No, I'm no Bob, no. I wouldn't dare. You know what I mean? <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah. Some good ones out there, mate. Mm. You know. Uh, what about you briefly uh, for, for the full Monty? Was that um, was it fun doing the music for that? Were you into that kind of? Yeah, that... it was actually. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. I've got the um, Land of a Thousand Dancers. I had to do that um, my audition to. You know, na 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 na. Um, yeah, that was fun to do as well, the full Monty. It was a great time because it was like the beginning of the summer. Mm. It was like June, July-ish, mm. you know. Mm. I thought, oh, it's really nice. And uh, and funny enough, like, just about two years ago, I bumped into Little Wim in Hackney. Mm. And he was like in my face. You know, um, this kid just comes up to me in my face. He goes, hi, Paul, and all that. What the fuck are you? And it was Wim who played uh, Robbie's son. Okay. You know what I mean? I haven't seen him since. Really? But, he, you know, well, he's been doing Emmerdale and stuff like that. He's grown up, you know. But, yeah, Wim. Mm. But, yeah, Full Monty was good. It was mm. good to do. Mm. You know, um, good laughs all round. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the music as well was good as well. You know, it was... Uh, music. That, well, my mate Hugo... He gave me this cool music, you know, it's called This Is Easy. And it was all like 50s television music, you know what I mean? Like uh, from game shows and stuff, you know. You know, it's all that sort of like This Is Easy type music. And I got into that for a while as well. And that was round about the time of the early rapping stuff coming out and the gangster raps and all that, loyal to the game and all that business, you know. Which I still like my early hip hop stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But not, you know, once it started getting too gangsterish and mm. and gunny, you know, I, I like my Biggie Smalls. I've got one or two of his, mm. you know, mm. and got me two packs, mm. uh, me ice cubes, you know, and I listen to Rodigan yeah, on a yeah. Sunday night, yeah. you know, I catch up on and all that, you know, I've, I've got loads, because I was listening to Rodigan when I was living in Borough. You know, in around uh, you know London Bridge there, um, Borough Station there, Long Lane, and I was listening to you know then you know it was that you know you were doing that to record your your radio programs on your cassette tape you know, walk with your tape and your cassette yeah the vibes is right, and uh, yeah. I remember, like, when I was doing Sus, right? I was doing Sus for Barry, Barry Keefe, mm. which was all about the Sus laws mm. and all that. And I had a ghetto blaster then, mm. you know what I mean? And I, I literally had um, 
I'd recorded, you know, I'd, I'd took it into work, you know, because it was like a, um, it was a three-hander mm. sus. Mm. And um, I think I recorded it once, you know, mm. uh, and I was walking home with it and I was by um, Southwark, Southwark Crown Court mm. on the high street there, Borough, and um, I got stopped by the police. They said, oh, is that your ghetto blaster sort of thing you know it was in the days of getting stopped you know and all that and stop and search and all that and he said, uh, can you prove it's yours he said, he said what's on the tape and I went sus <laughs> yeah show me you know and I was starting to play it like you know he went yeah alright go on off you go mm. <laughs> so it was recorded dialogue from the plane <laughs> Crazy. Mm. Yeah. Mm. So, you know, I, I was living through it all, if you know what I mean, and acting it as well, mm. uh, which was good. Mm. I was doing lots of good sort of socialist type plays, you mm. know, fringe theatre and stuff, mm. you know. I liked all that, the Sus tour. Mm. We even did it on, um, did it at Oxford at a Rock Against Racism gig. You know, so you had Aswad and all those English uh, mm. black bands, mm. you know, um, Aswad, Merger, Atundi, Atundi mm. yeah, mm. Matumbi, mm. yeah. Mm. Uh, so there was all those bands out there and uh, we were in the middle of a field in August, you know, and all these bands were waiting to come on and we had to do sus. And so, all, you know, the whole field just sat down, cross-legged, you know, smoking and all that. Like, wow, we had it all mic'd up, the, 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 you know, the table and the three chairs. Mm. And, and we, we, we literally did sus. Mm. And, uh, yeah, you know, the fact that you could hold a, a you know, a, a concert audience mm. like that, you know, mm. rock against racism audience mm. like that. And then, you know the applause and everything, now the music, you know, mm. and all that. Mm. So, you know, Steel Pulse. Mm. Mm. And they were great, you know, like Klu Klux Klan yeah, and all yeah. that sort of business. Handsworth Revolution's yeah. got a classic album. Mm. And Tribute to the Martyrs, the second one. Okay. You've got to do that uh, one. That, yeah, okay. oh, I'll, I'll forward that mm. one to you. Mm. Yeah. Mm. But yeah. And I first saw um, in Scotland... When I was doing, um, oh God, I was doing a play at the Sits. Mm. Um, and I went with this girl who was at art college then, mm. you know, so she invited me to their, their, their group that were doing, you know, the, the gig at their college. Mm. And it was Steel Pulse. Uh. And I'd never seen them or heard of them. Mm. So, you know, to get in with the, with the hood on as well, you know, they were in their costumes as well. Wow. The Klu Klux Klan, you know, mm. and played. Uh, I was t totally blown away. I had to go and buy the album then and thought, that's it, you know, mm. it's another one on me. I'd be going like, yeah, come on, bro, it's 12 o'clock. And he'd be going like, nah, man, you know, we've got plenty of time. Mm. You know, we don't want to rhyme. We wouldn't be going out to parties till two o'clock in the morning. Mm. I'm about ready to go to bed, you yeah. know what I mean? But it starts so late, don't they? But it was start so late, you know what I mean? You get all that thing of like, you know, no problem sort of thing, you know what I mean? No, what's your rush, bro? You know? You think, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. So I learned to sort of like, you know, 
Larry taught me a lot to sort of chill, basically, mm. you know, relax. Don't, mm. you know, don't panic. Don't fush yourself too much, you know. Mm. It's not important. Mm. You know, and you think, oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. Thank you for listening to Mixtape Assembly. To see the full track list, check out other episodes and subscribe to the podcast. Go to mixtapeassembly.com 